do what you love. That's a common piece of advice we get, isn't it? But is that something Christians should follow? Hey guys, welcome back to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I am your host, Reagan Rose. Well, guys, we're going to be talking about uh, an article, actually, that I read this week uh, with fortuitous timing uh, that was sent to me from, by a friend of mine. And it, it's talking about um, basically the advice we often get of being told to, to follow your dreams, follow your heart, do, do what you're passionate about, all that kind of stuff. And I want to take apart some of the stuff in the article and kind of give my own take on it. But before we get into that, I have a very extra large uh, supersize announcement to make, and it's kind of having to do with redeeming productivity and my own life. And the announcement is uh, I am now doing redeeming productivity full time. So if you're new to this or you just didn't realize that I do this podcast, my blogs, my videos, my weekly newsletter, all that I do in my spare time. Uh, I get up very, very early, uh, about 4.30 a.m. every morning, and this is what I do. I work on this, and I've been doing it for a long time. And I kind of came to the point where I was asking myself, what are you doing? What's the plan here? Like, are you just going to do this forever and just wake up early and, and make this thing? I mean, I love doing it. Obviously, I must love doing it, and I've been doing it for years. But uh, the more I thought about it, the, and having another kid now... Uh, and, you know, talking it over with my wife, Kim, just decided, you know what, why not take a go at doing this full time? Why not try to find a way to not just do this as a hobby, but to make it a career or a job or a business or something viable? And so I just came to this decision that either I was going to stop doing this or I was going to go for it completely. And I have chosen the latter. We are now, as of today, when you're, you'll be hearing this, this is my first day full-time in Redeemed Productivity, <laughs> which presents some problems because I don't make very much money off of this. So um, to be honest, I, I don't know how well this is going to work. Um, we basically set aside some funds to, to try this for an extended period of time, and we're going to have a, a hard cutoff. And if it doesn't look like it's heading in a good direction financially, then uh, I'll probably close up shop or just go back to doing it as a hobby. But um very thankful to be in the position that we're in right now. It's probably a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be able, with our housing situation being what it is and having some money set aside, I just figured this is probably the one shot I'd have at trying to do this full-time. And so we're taking it. Taking our shot. I'm not throwing away my shot. You guys seen Hamilton? It's a good one. I'm very nervous. Um to do this because it is a, a massive leap of faith. And so if you are a fan of the show or you like what I'm doing, the Redeemer Productivity, I would just make an appeal to you. Please uh, pray for us. Uh, pray for my wife and I for, for wisdom. Um, pray for, you know, that it would, that would work out. Uh, so I've got plans in the works um, of ways to monetize. You're going to see probably I'll do some, start having like sponsors and stuff for the podcast. And uh, we're also going to be doing, um, I'm working on some like products, like digital products. I'm working on some courses, which I've mentioned before. Uh, I'm working on some eBooks. Uh, so there's several things I've got in the works and some, uh, already, Lord's been so good to us. Some, hopefully, some strategic partnerships that have already been forming just uh, over the weekend. So, 
Yeah, uh, stick along for the journey. What this means for you, hopefully, is you're going to be getting a lot better content from me because, like I said, I've been doing this in my spare time. I want to make this podcast the best podcast you can possibly listen to. So I'm going to start bringing guests back on. I'm going to be spending more time on prep because I'll have more time. And I really want to make it next level excellent for you. Uh, It's also going to be more videos, newsletter. Uh, um, You guys have been liking that. I'm going to step that up as well. And like I mentioned, courses and other materials. So please do pray for us. And if you want to, and if you can uh, at all, consider joining me uh, on Patreon and throwing in a few bucks in the hat each month to make this viable. Uh, if, if you guys, if that's something you're able to do, you want to do, your position where that's possible and, and you appreciate you've gotten value out of this, that it's worth it to you, consider that. That's that's all I ask. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash redeemingprod and there'll also be a link in the description. I'm going to be doing weekly updates on there. I'm hoping to create a little uh, community, maybe a Slack channel or Discord server or some sort of group on there for that all the people that are kind of like-minded about Christianity and productivity that join the Patreon group will be put into a little um, uh, kind of community where we can talk and hang out and you know, share links and what we're learning and and how we're trying to be more productive for God's glory. So I want to hopefully make that a really fun uh, community for you. So if you're not already on Patreon, consider signing up and uh, join me on this crazy wild ride. (laughs) Much appreciated. So as it would be uh, apropos to this big announcement, it was actually um, like right after I made this decision, like like five minutes after I made it, that my buddy James sent me a link to, um, it was an Ask Pastor John thing from Desiring God, wherein John Piper answers uh, a reader's question. And it's a little podcast thing. They also transcribe it. So it's like an article too. And why I say it was apropos is the question was about um, following your dreams uh, and pursuing your passions, right? That whole thing about like, should I go do my dream job or is that going to be disobedient to God? And it was such a great question. So well phrased from the the reader who sent it in and Piper had some good stuff to say as well that I wanted to share a little bit of it with you. And I also want to give my own thoughts because Piper was trying to answer it succinctly and he had some good stuff to say. Uh, he always does, but uh, there's a bit more that I think could be said. And so let's talk about following your dreams and should we take that advice? What should we do with that? So let's start. I'm going to read the question that the reader sent in to John Piper. It was a guy named Jonathan and Jonathan asked, recently I've been thinking of a career change. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts that talk about creating your dream job or simply call us to follow your heart. Some of these podcasts are even hosted by Christians. Boy, I hope he's not talking about this podcast. I don't think I've offered that advice before. Jonathan, if you're listening, send me an email. Uh, I don't want to get caught up in pursuing the American dream of being successful, making more, working less, and achieving my full potential, quote unquote, especially if all of it is is from a heart of earthly gain. But I also don't want to ignore what I believe are God-given passions and talents in my life. Or are they? That would simultaneously give me a significant pay raise and lifestyle improvement. If there is a difference between, is there a difference between pursuing our dreams and being obedient with the gifts and passions God has given us, or are they the same thing? It's a great question, isn't it? I mean, tell me you haven't had those exact same thoughts where you think like, okay, I, I want to obey God. I want to do those things, which, um, 
you know, going to matter eternally. But at the same time, you're like, well, here's an opportunity. I could make more money. I could do this, but maybe that's wrong. Should I listen? Should I do the things I want to do? Or, or should it be more about sacrifice and obedience? Like how do those things fit together? Really good question. One I've wrestled with uh, a lot, (laughs) to be honest. Um, In fact, I worked in college ministry for many years and questions like this uh, came up all the time. It, it, especially, you know, when you're in college, you're thinking about your future, you're thinking about career, you're thinking about path and you're thinking, how can I honor God with my life? And does that mean, do I know, do I need to go be a missionary in a very, very hard place? Or could I, could I take a job that pays well, you know, and you're weighing those things and wondering, um, how do I trust my sinful heart to guide me? So good question. And like I said, Piper had some good answers. Uh, but I want to share my own thoughts on this, how I would answer this question. Uh, first, I'll, I'll give you kind of an overview of where I'm going with this. I detect in that question, I detect three assumptions, which I think are pretty uh, common among Christians. We might not say them this clearly, but I think that they are assumptions that we're, we're not even sure if they're true or not. So I, I hear behind that question, the assumption that obedience and happiness are unlikely bedfellows. In other words, uh, to obey God and to enjoy life or do what you love, are pr- they're probably not going to happen at the same time. So that's one assumption. Second one is doing something because it will make me more money is probably wrong, right? That, that having money as a motivation for a decision is probably a wrong, means it's a wrong decision. And then third, the third assumption I detect in there is the will of God for my life is a secret that needs to be cracked. So just that what decision I should make is some kind of hidden code. And if I can read the signs right, then I'll have clarity about what I should do next, whether I should take this job or that job, marry this girl or that girl, buy that cat or that dog, always buy the dog. Cats are the worst. So let's look at each of these assumptions and... I'll share Piper's thoughts as we go through them all uh, because he doesn't touch on all the assumptions that I detect. And then uh, at the very end, I'm going to try to answer what is really the nugget of this reader's question. I think his name was Jonathan. Is He asked in the very end, is there a difference between pursuing our dreams and being obedient with the gifts and passions God has given us or are those the same thing? So let's go one at a time. Are obedience and happiness unlikely bedfellows? I don't know what a bedfellow is, do you? I mean, I know it means things go together, but I just use that in, in in this, and I actually don't know what that word means. I'm gonna look it up. Define bedfellow. It says a person who shares a bed with another. Well, I could have guessed that dictionary. <laughs> okay, and it says a person or thing allied or closely connected with another. Well, whatever. It's it's kind of what I thought it meant. Just a weird word. It sounds like, yeah, it does I mean you share the bed. That's weird. That's a bedfellow. I don't know. Anyway, obedience and happiness, are they like against each other in the Christian life? To, to, if you are happy, is that, is that an indication that you're probably being disobedient? Um, if, you're obedient if you're being obedient, does that necessarily mean that you're going to be unhappy, unfulfilled? It will be, uh, is following Christ antagonistic to your own desires and passions, right? Is it necessarily antagonistic? Because I detect that in there because he says, he basically contrasts having his dream job with obedience. 
And Piper's answer on this point was actually my favorite part of this whole clip. Uh, He says, The Bible never teaches that if you want to do something, it's wrong to do it. And the Bible never teaches that if you don't want to do something, therefore it's right to do it. Or let's put it positively. The Bible teaches that you ought to love doing what you ought to do. It is right and good to love doing what is right and good. So did you follow along with that? What he's saying is don't fall into the trap of making the assumption that because I want to do this, it must be wrong. Or uh, because this is right, I'm probably not going to want to do it. It's... um, this old kind of heuristic that pops up all the time. I don't know where it came from within Christianity, um, where people believe that the right choice is always going to be the hardest choice and the thing you least want to do. Um, but that's not true. I don't think it's true. Uh, Piper, to support his point, he offered up a couple passages. He offered up First Peter 5, 2, and he talked about pastors who are, are shepherding eagerly. They want to do it. They want to serve the flock. So in that case, here's a pastor. He's obeying God. He's shepherding um, Christ's flock, and he's doing it eagerly. It says also in Hebrews 13, 17, it talks about pastors leading with joy. So they don't hate obedience. Obviously, those things are not uh, opposed to each other, obedience and joy. And Psalm 40, verse 8, I delight to do your will. Oh, my God, your law is within my heart. Christians are people who have been transformed. We're new creations. We have the Spirit of God indwelling us. We, of course, have sin that we're constantly mortifying. We have the old man. We have our flesh that we're constantly trying to put to death. And there are wicked desires in us. But primarily, we are people who want to serve God. Christians are people who want to obey because we've been changed. We've been changed. And so there is a delight in the law of God and in obeying him and in following him. And so no, happiness and obedience are not opposed to each other. No, they're not necessarily opposed to each other. So basically following your passions or pursuing your dreams, uh, that is bad advice if if people are telling you that's how you should make a decision. That's how I'd put this. If you're using those two things, or one thing really, follow your dreams, or if you're using that as the sole criteria for determining the rightness of a choice or a direction in life, that's wrong. It's the word of God that determines what is right and wrong, obedient or disobedient, and what you should or should not do. That's the main thing. So, um, our passions are not coextensive with our obedience. Those are not equal to each other, but it, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily opposed. You following? I'm following. Uh, basically, uh, being obedient does often mean sacrifice though. And this is, I think probably where the confusion comes from. Often we have to sacrifice in order to obey. I mean, you look at the, the most extreme example is sometimes, uh, Christians are martyred for their faith. They stand up for Christ and they obey even to the point of bloodshed. That is, uh, that's a reality. And obedience, yeah, it often requires sacrifice. It often requires putting to death um, even right and good things that you might enjoy, not just sin. 
Uh, and that's why Christ said, uh, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So there is a, a self-denial, a denial of our own desires because we're subjects. We're, um, we're bond servants. We're, we're slaves. We're, we're douloi. We're, Christ is our master. He's our Lord. He's our king. His desires are put above our own. Uh, and as Piper notes, the life of obedience to Jesus will never be a life of only doing what we love. So, it, right, it's not the sole criterion by which you decide whether something is right or wrong to do. Just because you love it doesn't mean it's right, but it also doesn't mean it's wrong. <laughs> obedience does not always mean denying what we love, enjoy, or are good at. Frequently, it means leaning into your gifts and your passions and your desires and putting them to joyful work for God's glory. Uh, often, I think it does, especially as you mature into your faith and you find more and more that your desires are aligned with that which is pleasing to God. Very frequently, what you want to do ends up being what is right. But sometimes we make the mistake of thinking, this seems like I'd love it a little too much, so it must be wrong. Right? You know, like, this job seems too good. It seems like it would pay too much. Uh, I don't I don't think that I should do that because I would like it too much. So it must be wrong. That's not true. Um, though passion is not the sole criteria for making decisions or the primary one, it is still an important criteria. Right? Do you catch that? Passion is still an important thing we should take into play when we're deciding what to do. We'll talk more about that in the third point. But first, I want to talk about the second assumption and address that. So we've just addressed the first assumption in that question, which is, are obedience and happiness unlikely bedfellows? We also learned what the word bedfellow meant, and it meant a fellow who is in the same bed. <laughs> so the second one is uh, doing something because it will make me more money is wrong. So that's the second assumption. Doing something because it will make me more money is wrong. So here is another uh, assumption about how we make decisions, about how we determine the will of God, as it were. It's a heuristic. If it makes me more money, if it makes me more happy, it must be wrong. That's an assumption that I detect in that question. I could be wrong. That might not be what Jonathan here is saying. Again, Jonathan, if you're listening, I'm sorry, because you are getting answered by John Piper and by some nobody over here on redeeming productivity. So sorry that we're uh, taking you to the woodshed. I'm not trying to. These are just assumptions I think I hear behind your question. And I think a lot of Christians wonder about. So there's ambiguity around this question uh, about money and in, in, in Christians. And I think it leaves many believers paralyzed when it comes to making career decisions or all kinds of things. There is rightfully an, um, wariness about letting money become our master. Rightfully, that's good. We're not supposed to let money be our master. Uh, but we treat money as the root of all evil. It's not. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil, is what our Lord said. And so you can't use this as a criteria for saying something is wrong simply because it makes you more money. So if you have two jobs on the table, both equally the same, some believers would uh, look at the one that pays more and say, well, I probably shouldn't do that because the other one will pay less and it'll be harder. And so that's probably the right choice. I'll tell you why that's a bad criteria for decision-making. 
behind that assumption is another assumption that God does not delight to give good gifts to those he loves. It's, it's like you're saying, this sounds too good to be true, so it must be sinful, right? This would make me happy, so it must be wrong. Do you hear what you are saying if that's what you're thinking? If you hear what you're saying, if that's what you're thinking. That made sense, right? No, I don't think it did. But do you hear, do you hear, you hear the assumption behind that? If it's good, if I'm going to like it, if it's going to make me happy, if I'm going to see it as some sort of a blessing, then it must be wrong. Wait a second. That doesn't add up. That doesn't add up at all. My, assum- my answer to that assumption is similar to the last one. Money or lifestyle should certainly not be your sole determiner of direction. Obedience to Christ should be. And Jonathan is right to be suspicious of, of these desires and make sure that he's double checking his thinking and that he's not being deceived by money. Um, I, I actually wrote an article a while back for uh, the Master's Seminary on the deceitfulness of riches. And in it, I noted that that money is deceptive. So it is good to question these things. I'm not trying to poo-poo that uh, you shouldn't wonder about your own desires when it comes to lucrative opportunities. Uh, because money does lie. It, it, money tells us uh, that it's the goal of life. Money lies to us by saying that it's the key to security. Money tells us that it's going to be an easy master. None of those things are true. Eternal reward should always be favored above temporal reward. Uh, the most secure place to be isn't with a full bank account, but with a life sold out to Christ. And money is not an easy master. It's a hard master, whereas Christ's yoke is easy. So money is deceptive. And 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 I, I don't want to like say this final thing I'm going to say and have you walk away and think, well, yeah, I guess I should just always do the thing that pays me more. No, it's not what I'm saying. Uh, you should definitely not make sure that your judgment isn't being clouded by promises of money for sure. But the thing is, money is often a way by which God blesses us in this life. I'm not a prosperity teacher. I don't think that God always blesses uh, righteousness with financial reward, but I think that he sometimes does temporally. I think you see it in people in scripture. You see it with Solomon. You see it uh, even indications um, in the New Testament that God delights to give his children good gifts. And if our assumptions and the way that we um, make decisions undermines that truth, we are maligning the character of God. Uh, it, let, let me go to the last point, and I, I'll make this a little bit clearer to you. So the the first assumption we addressed was obedience and happiness are unlikely bedfellows. The second one was that doing something because it will make me more money is probably wrong. Um, I don't think either of those assumptions are necessarily true. And the third one, which is really, I think, the heart of all of this, is the will of God for my life is a secret to be cracked. I think that's a wrong assumption. And I think that it's um, latent within this question. I think it's the overriding assumption. Um, And I think it's the place of confusion for so many Christians when it comes to the notion that we need to use some sort of divining rod to suss out God's will for our lives, that there's some, you know, secret path he's planned out for us, but he's covered it in leaves and we got to get the, uh, our spiritual rakes out and go digging for it. I don't know, did that analogy work? It probably broke down. So that maybe, you know, we, we think, uh, we use this heuristic and this is what I hear. This is what I hear in Jonathan's question. We use this heuristic that if we choose the harder path or the path we hate the most, that will always be the most obedient path. That's not true. That's hundred percent not truth. I think that's the, that's the, the nugget behind this whole question that 
if I do the thing that's easier or that I would enjoy more or that um, better utilizes my gifts or that would make me more happier or make me more money, then that's therefore because it's better, because I would like it more, it must be wrong. That's not true. It's not true. It's not true. The opposite also isn't true, but let me put it this way. Just because something tastes bitter doesn't mean that it's medicine. Just because a path or an option looks like it is um, going to be the harder one doesn't mean that it's the better one. God is a father who delights to give good gifts to his children. We see this in Matthew seven eleven. That is certainly true eternally. It is. He's going to give us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly. He has given them to us. We have an inheritance waiting for us uh, in heaven, and that's good. But it's also often true temporally as well. And I think far too few um, preachers and, and Christians and whoever realize this or are willing to say it because of the presence of the prosperity gospel movement. I know I've touched on this before, but um, prosperity gospel movement basically treats uh, success in this life as an equation. You do good for God and God's like a little slot machine and he will give you blessings because it's not even a slot machine. It's like an exchange. You, you do a good thing. God has to pay you for it. Basically. That's not true. That's not true. Not necessarily. God, uh, does not always temporarily bless the righteous. Always in the end, we will be, um, rewarded. God will, uh, reward righteousness and, and holiness eternally. But often it is true uh, the scriptures tell us often it is true that God will reward us temporally for obeying him. So my, what's my point in saying this? Well, just because something is hard, just because something is going to be difficult, doesn't mean that it is, that makes it right. That assumes something that's not true about God's character. It assumes that God's this curmudgeon who's waiting to smash your dreams and suck the fun out of your life. And if there's an opportunity that's presented to you where you're going to make more money or do something that you like more or, you know, it, 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 it seems too good. You have this, this um, inclination that it's too good to be true. It's too, it must be a trap. But God's not setting this thing out here saying, hey, here's, hey, you know all those giftings you have? Here, here's a job that, uh, for you where you can do all of those things and you can you know, be a witness for me, you can be a light in the world, and you're also going to make good money and you're going to uh, enjoy it. And you go, wait, 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 wait. God wouldn't do that, would he? God wouldn't, God wouldn't give me something that I would enjoy, would he? No, I'm going to choose this job where I'm a toilet man. I don't know. Is that a job? Toilet man? Uh, and we think that choosing the harder things, what God wants or, or choosing the thing that we hate the most means God must want it for us the most. That's not how we make decisions. That's not how God works. And it assumes something very bad about God's character. He's not a cosmic killjoy. He delights to give good gifts to his children. So the fact is, uh, the will of God for our lives, it's not some big secret to be cracked. Um, when it comes to his will, he wills just a couple of simple things for us. He wills that all of us be saved. First Timothy 2, 4, he wants you to be saved. So if you're a Christian listening to this, good job. Will one accomplished. And if you're not, well, that's where you start. Uh, repent of your sin and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And the second thing that he wills for us is that we would be sanctified. First Thessalonians 4, 3, this is the will of God for you, your sanctification. He wants you to be holy. He wants you to be righteous. He wants you to follow him. And that's what 
he tells us we don't each get uh, a map uh, of our life beamed down to our heads. He does prepare in advance for us. He has sovereignly appointed the good works that we'll walk in, Ephesians uh, 2.10. But we don't know what those are. You know what I mean? We don't have a map of that. We don't know in advance what exactly we're going to do or how our vocational careers are going to wind and wander. We don't know that. God knows that. And so it's not for us to try to suss that out or figure out, should I do this thing or that thing based on some sort of mystical criteria of, well, let me do the one that's harder, not the one that's easier because God doesn't like to give me easy things. Instead, what he calls us to do is be a certain type of person. And this is where your energy should be focused. And Piper expresses this very well. He says, The key to living a life that is pleasing to God and fruitful for man is not to think you can calculate from your dreams or calculate from your gifting or calculate from your passions what precise path will be most fruitful for people and most faithful to God. I don't think such calculation is possible for finite human beings. In other words, the lion's share of our efforts in life should be to become a kind of person. So what's his point? Simple. Stop trying to pull out some spiritual divining rod and figure out what exactly you should do. And, and most certainly don't do it on the basis of thinking that God wouldn't give you an opportunity that utilizes your passions and uh, pays you well. Simply that that's not the right way to make that decision. It doesn't mean because those things are there that 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 an opportunity is going to utilize your passions and make you money that it's the right thing to do, but it certainly doesn't mean that it's the wrong thing. Instead, focus your efforts on being the kind of person who desires to serve God, who is sanctified, who's walking with him, and you'll find that your passions as God aligns them to his desires as you have your mind and your heart renewed daily, by uh, the word and by his Holy Spirit, you'll find that those things come closer and closer in alignment. And so that what comes to you, the opportunities are what you want to do and they are what God wants you to do because you're the kind of person who wants to live a life that's pleasing to God and you desire what he desires. So focus on being that kind of person who pleases God and then do whatever you want because what you want is to please him. Second uh, Chronicles night. Uh, 16.9 says this, I just want to leave you with this. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. I love that verse because what it's saying is the Lord is looking for people to bless and to come alongside. He's looking for folks who are sold out for him, who want to live a life that glorifies him, who want to steward their gifts for him. And he's looking for them so he can bless them. And so don't be surprised if you are sold out for Christ, you're trying to serve him in every way possible. Don't be surprised when blessings do come your way, because that's the kind of God we serve. Don't get me wrong in what I'm saying here. I think that Jonathan is wise to be wary of his own motivations. Uh, We don't always know why we're choosing the things we choose, because our our hearts are are wicked and deceitful, um, the the, um, fleshly parts of them. But Let's also be careful that we don't accidentally view God as a cosmic killjoy or a God who's not concerned for our physical needs and, and desirous to bless us, even in this life, with, with opportunities that we enjoy, that, that suit our passions and giftings and desires. Um, and finally, let me answer Jonathan's 
like summary question directly. So this is what I, I kind of view as the heart of Jonathan's question. Is there a difference between pursuing our dreams and being obedient with the gifts and passions God has given us, or are they the same thing? My answer is there may be a difference between pursuing our dreams and being obedient. There may be. They are not necessarily equal. But for a person whose heart is transformed, their dream is to obey God. And whatever vocation they find themselves in, they will do that. They will obey God. They will please him. And sometimes a blessing is just a blessing because God loves us and he desires to give his children good gifts. Well, guys, that's all I have for you this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. hope you got some benefit out of it. And please, if you aren't already subscribed, do so. And if you are interested in joining my Patreon crew, check out patreon.com slash redeemingprod. And there are different tiers for how you can help support the show. And like I said in the beginning, if nothing else, could you please just pray for us as we go on to this new endeavor and jump into this uh, this crazy idea of going full-time with Redeeming Productivity. Appreciate you guys. I will see you again here next week. But until I do, remember this. In whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God. <laughs>